Welcome, guys and gals, to the Man Talks podcast. I'm Connor Beaton, the host and founder of Man Talks. And on today's midweek mini episode, we are going to dive into a man's biggest downfall. A man's biggest downfall. And this is something that I've wanted to talk about for a while. I wasn't too sure how to address it, but you know, I, I got some got some motivation uh, through a conversation with a few friends to, to actually talk about this. But before we dive into it, and I'm going to be sharing some personal stuff here today, so I really hope that you that you stay tuned. Um, but before we dive into it, I just want to remind all the guys to head on over to Facebook.com and check out the Man Talks community. You can just search Man Talks community, or you can go to Facebook.com forward slash man talks dash community and join the conversation we have amazing men from all over the world we have some incredible conversations and challenges we talk about finances we talk about fitness we talk about entrepreneurship business our professional careers setting goals what we want to accomplish in our life how we're going to become you know the best fathers and husbands in the world there's a really great level of accountability and uh, openness to the conversation in that tribe so i encourage you to go and check it out so Today, let's just dive into it. This is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a, a long time. And it's, it's something that's near and dear to me. And it's something that I've seen a lot of men struggle with. It's something that I struggled with a lot in the past. And it's the, it's really what I've seen and what research has showed to be a man's biggest weakness or a man's biggest downfall. And. I'm just going to share a little bit of a story with you because it'll kind of tie in at, you know, to, to sort of land the point. But when I was growing up, I grew up between two families and my, my parents got divorced when I was three, much like, you know, 50% of the people that are probably listening to this podcast episode. My parents got divorced when I was three and within a year, they both married other people. And a year after that, they both had a daughter and then they both had a son and then they both bought a dog. And so I grew up between these two very seemingly similar families, but they were very different from, you know, from the inside. They were extraordinarily different. One of the things that that happened was that I started to feel very isolated. I didn't feel like I fit or belonged in either of these families. And it seemed like I didn't really have a place in either of these families. So I kind of felt in a lot of ways orphaned. And there's a lot of research that shows that the kids that have been born into uh, one family system or one family unit and then go through, you know, the parents divorce and remarry other people and start their own families often feel uh and, and, and identify internally as being orphaned in, in some ways. And so they, they'll often have very similar, not symptoms, but traits of children that have been abandoned in some way, shape or form. And so growing up, I felt very socially isolated. I, I didn't feel connected to my family. I didn't feel connected really that deeply to, to a lot of my friends. I had a couple of close friends, but that, that was pretty much it. I didn't have like a really big network or, or community growing up. And unfortunately, I was one of the, you know, one of the kids who experienced abuse as a child. And I experienced, you know, physical, verbal abuse, emotional abuse. And it was a really challenging phase when, when I was, when I was really young. It really shaped my teenage years, my adolescent years, and, and it shaped, you know, who I was in my late teens and early twenties. And because of this abuse, I didn't trust people. I didn't think that I could really let people in to get to know me and get to know who I was. And, and I didn't think that I could let people in to really like see the real me. And because of that, I became very much a lone wolf. 
And I became very much this like isolated guy who would try and take on all of the challenges of his life by himself. And how that ended up shaping my life in a lot of ways was that I couldn't get close to the women that I was dating in my relationship. I would let them get so close and then I would push them away and I would let them, you know, get so close and then I would push them away. And so it ended up ruining a lot of my relationships, not because I didn't care about them, you know, not because they weren't amazing human beings or we didn't have a good relationship, but because there was only a certain degree of intimacy that I was willing to experience that I was willing to dive into. And Outside of that, I had really surface level friendships. I was not really super connected to the other guys in my life. I didn't feel comfortable with really talking to them about the really meaningful, serious shit that was going on, you know, whether it was in my childhood, some of the things that I'd gone through, or if my relationship was struggling, or, you know, if I felt like I was struggling, whether it was financially or with a lack of direction. I didn't feel connected to the other men in my life because I didn't trust them, because I had been abused by another man. And so I, there, was, there was a serious lack of feeling like I was safe within those relationships. So the reason why I bring this up and the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because in my opinion, in, in the work that I've done over the past couple of years, you know, I've gotten the opportunity to travel around North America and I've gotten the opportunity to really, really work with a lot of men who have struggled. So often I have seen the, this one common factor that is absolutely crushing men everywhere and that's social isolation. It's this idea that we think on some level that we have to be this like lone wolf, that we have to figure this shit out by ourselves. And oftentimes this lone wolf mentality comes from often an abusive upbringing in some way, shape or form. Either we were completely neglected or we had extremely controlling parents or you know controlling environments that we grew up in uh, or we grew up with some form of abuse, whether it was verbal, physical, emotional, sexual, whatever that is. And so we just had this sort of unconscious, subconscious distrust in people. And we feel like because of that, we need to show other people that we're fine on our own, that we don't need people, that we are strong enough to really manage things on our own. Now, this, the, the detrimental part about this is that there is so much research now showing that social isolation and this quote unquote lone wolf mentality is actually one of the most detrimental things that we can take on in terms of our health and in terms of our happiness, in terms of our success. So the, re the reality is, is that uh, one study showed that chronic social isolation is as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day or being an alcoholic or never exercising or tw and some, in some cases twice as bad as being clinically obese. So social isolation is extraordinarily, extraordinarily detrimental to our health. Now, on the other side of that, there was a study done um, through Harvard over the course of 75 years. And its main mission was to try and figure out what is the key to human happiness. Like what, what makes us feel the most meaningful, the most fulfilled, the most purposeful, the most connected to source or God or whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day, what this 75 year study found was that the single most important factor in our life are our friendships, are our connections to other people. 
So the the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because so often we get into spaces where maybe we start having success and we start cutting people out of our lives who are really important to us. Or on the opposite side of that, on the opposite side of the coin, we start going through a shitty time in our life. You know, um, maybe we are trying to have kids, but we're struggling with that. Maybe our business isn't doing so well and we feel like we're a failure. Maybe our relationship is struggling. Maybe our finances aren't where we think that they should be at whatever age we are. And so because of some of these things, we start to push people away and we start to try and, and you know, prove ourselves. And we adopt this lone wolf strategy because it was really like a survival mechanism that we implemented as a kid. We had to retreat. We had to surrender. We had to, you know, try and fend for ourselves or at least feel like we were by ourselves. And it really is crushing and, and killing people, especially men. And I just want to talk about this really quick because I think it's important for people to know this. And, and then we'll talk about how to move through this social isolation, this lone wolf mentality. So every day in the United States, and just bear with me, because I know that this is, you know, maybe not the most pleasant thing, but every day in the, in the United States, 121 people every day take their lives. That's just the United States. That's not even including Canada or anything else. 121 people take their lives. And on average, 93 of those 121 people are men. So why is that? Why are men four times more likely to commit suicide? Why are men three quarters of the people who are who are taking their lives? Well, what a lot of studies have shown is that men are far more susceptible because of our perception of masculinity and how we think we need to act, how we think we need to behave. We are more susceptible to this social isolation because we've adopted this lone wolf mentality that we need to figure things out on our own. And so oftentimes, you know, in our life, we start to cut people off who are really important to us, who give our life real meaning, who are able to support us. So how do we, how do we overcome this? How do we battle this? And maybe it's not even about overcoming. I first and foremost just want to say, like, this is something that I still struggle with today. You know, this is something that even as a guy who runs an, an international organization called Man Talks that supports men, that is really taking a stand for, you know, healthy masculinity and helping to develop self-aware and high-performing men in the world who are creating an impact, this is still something that I battle with on a daily and weekly basis because there is this part of me who will always want to retreat who will always want to be this like lone wolf and still is trying to like prove something you know to the world to the people who you know to the to the people who abuse me to the people who are cruel to me like there's just that part of me that's always there and so we need to acknowledge that we need to acknowledge that you know maybe it's not about overcoming it for good and that occasionally it's probably going to pop back up again so we need to be aware of what our trigger points are like for me if i feel like i'm failing at something that's when i go into lone wolf space that's when i start to socially isolate myself i cut myself off from friends I cut myself off from family. I stopped talking to them and I really have to catch myself because that's the space when I probably and definitely need them the most. So what does a thriving social life look like? Does it mean that you have to be super extroverted and going out all the time? You know, does, does not being a lone wolf, does being part of a pack, if you want to say, <laughs> mean that you, that you have to go out all the time and party? No, absolutely not. What it does mean is that on a weekly basis, 
and this is this is from my own personal experience on a weekly basis we need to be having really great connected conversations with people in person that are meaningful to us outside of that we also need to have physical connection with people who we genuinely give a shit about and an interesting study showed that for men, physical contact, and this is, you know, there's been a lot of articles written about this. Physical contact is one of the most important pieces that seems to be lacking in a lot of men right now that's leading to a lot of, a lot of health issues and a lot of social issues, including social anxiety and a rise in a need for sexual connection and in, in partnership. Oftentimes guys aren't getting enough physical contact. And so how that manifests in their, in their intimate relationship is that they're constantly uh, needing and asking for sex and wanting sex because it's like this yearning for physical contact. So there was a study done that showed that when, when women hug other women, because it's a very normal part of their sort of uh, gender culture, I guess you could say, if that's even, you know, the word that you want to use. But when women hug other women, it automatically releases dopamine and serotonin, which are basically the, the connectors that allow us to experience happiness and joy and, and those beautiful emotions that we ultimately all want and, and, and crave on a regular basis. But for men, it actually takes more than 20 seconds, 20 seconds or more of continued physical contact for that dopamine and serotonin to be released into, into our brain and into our body. And so it's important for us to know this because it's not very often that you like see one of your buddies and you're like, Hey bro, you want to hug for 20 or 30 seconds? Like that just doesn't happen. That's not the reality. Most guys don't do that on a regular basis. Maybe some guys that are in, you know, a men's group or, or a mastermind, you know, who have learned this, they might do that. But for the most part, most guys aren't just hugging it out for 20 seconds. Like a lot of guys don't have contact in any way, shape or form with other men in their life. And so one of the most important things that we can start doing, and this is something that, you know, you can practice if you are in an intimate relationship is to just hug your partner for 20 to 30 seconds a day. Like I'm sure that you can carve out 20 or 30 seconds before you go to bed or whatever it is. You know, if you have some really great guy friends, this is where I would strongly recommend checking out things like a mastermind or or even like a men's group if that resonates with you so that you can build some really solid relationships, some really solid friendships where you're comfortable with, you know, hugging a buddy for 20 seconds and like getting that getting that dopamine release that you feel. Being able to connect with those guys is so important. So you need to be able to have a strong connection to community of men in your life. So for the guys that are out there that are listening to this, my challenge for you is to make a list of two or three men who you are comfortable with having any conversation with. And I mean any conversation, whether you're going bankrupt, whether you've just lost a child, whether, you know, you and your partner have had to go through an abortion, you know, whether you were sexually abused as a child and you've just never talked about it before, whatever it is, like you, like these are the, these are the two or three men in your life and they, and they, sh and they, they should be men. You need, obviously you can have great female friends. That's not, that's not even a question here. You can have great female friends. But for most guys, the issue is that they have a bunch of female friends and they don't have any real good, connected, solid, grounded, masculine friendship and brothership in their life anymore. So make a list of two or three guys that you feel like you could have any of this conversation with. The benefit of this is that you are going to experience a whole different level of happiness. Uh, oftentimes, that study that I was talking about from Harvard showed that you actually make more money. So there's a, a greater depth 
to your social contacts. You don't just have like a quote unquote network. You actually have a community who give a shit enough about your success that when you need something and you ask for it, or sometimes you don't even ask for it, they just see that you need it. It shows up. They're willing to do whatever it takes to help you succeed because they're connected to you. And when we have this type of community, we are more self-compassionate, which leads to more resiliency and more grit. So we're able to move forward through some of the greatest challenges and obstacles that we face in our life. How do we do this? Just to, just to sort of recap, how do we move through the lone wolf tendencies and, and experiences that we face? Well, first and foremost, we need to be able to feel comfortable starting to reach out to other people, to start offering support to them and to start receiving support from them and being able to ask for those conversations and be able to receive those conversations. You know, a lot of the times our guy friends know that something's up and they're like, Hey, do you need to talk? Like what's going on? And most of the time we just shut it down. We just say like, Nope, everything's fine. I'm good. Everything's great. So when those conversations come up, we need to be able to receive that support. We need to be able to take a stand for somewhat of a social life. It's not okay to just sit in your basement playing video games, you know, five hours a day or watching Netflix by yourself on the couch eating popcorn or whatever it is that you're doing by yourself. Um, we need to fight. We need to take a stand to have a social life with other men in our life and is one of the most important things. You need to prioritize this. It should be first and foremost on the list. And uh, lastly, what, what we need to do is get ourselves around a group of guys who are going to hold us accountable. And, you know, this is why I created the, the Man Talks Mastermind, because I saw how important it was. I realized that there was a time in my life where if I had had that type of friendship, if I had had that type of community, I may not have made some of the choices that I made. I may have actually reached out for help and reached out for support, and it might have pushed me in a different direction. And so that's why we created that. So whether it's the Man Talks Mastermind, whether it's, you know, a different brotherhood or organization or meetup or men's group or whatever it is, there needs to be a good, deep, solid conversation and connection. It's more than just like the conversations that you're going to have in the hockey, in the locker room or the, you know, in the boardroom, they're more meaningful conversations or deeper conversations. So that's what I had to share with you today. It's a little bit of a longer midweek mini episode than normal, but thank you for tuning in. I would love to hear your feedback on all this, how this impacted you. If you've experienced this social isolation before, or if you know somebody that's experienced this and my ask for you, my one ask, and please stay with me is that you man it forward. You send this to somebody who could use hearing this because this is a really important message. You know, like we, we all have seen guys who are struggling, who are suffering, who might not be willing and open to have that conversation yet. And sometimes it takes us being that good enough friend to send them a resource, to send them some insight from somebody else who's not us, who's sharing their own experience for them to actually start to take action. So my, my ask is that you, is that you man it forward and please reach out to me and let me know how this podcast, uh, in, you know, impacted you. So you can hit me up either at Connor Beaton on any of my platforms or at man talks, uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, or you can email me directly Connor at man talks.com. I would love to hear your experience. Um, so thanks very much for joining me. This is Connor signing off until next week.